0: Good morning everybody, and welcome to those of Christian Cockatine, and others that are joining in at this point in time, to have a listen and see what the Bible says. We're in Hebrews chapter 13, and it seems that we're going fairly slowly through the chapter 13, but whatever. Uh, I don't think we're, we're supposed to go at a certain speed or anything. we do call this running through the Bible, but... Uh, We'll see how the Lord leads us here this morning. See what we do uh, with with this bit. Make sure you got your pens and paper and all the writing material you need, and that. And and hope you're having a good day today. And we'll have a look and see what the Bible says here. Let's have a word of prayer first, and then we'll uh, have a look at a couple verses. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you, and we pray in Jesus Christ's name, Lord. And as your Word tells us here we are to be thankful and offer up the sacrifice of praise Lord we just thank you praise your name for all that you do and all you've done and now Lord if we get to look into the Word of God your words Lord that you've given to us and Lord we just pray that you would speak to us and there would be some things here that would uh, help each and every one of us Lord anybody that's listening whether they be Christian or not and the unsaved would be challenged with their sins they would turn to Christ that the believers would uh, be strengthened their walk with you, Lord, and we just thank you that you get all the honor and the glory and the praise, and so we just thank you for this now, guide us, Lord, help me, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're in chapter 13, and uh, it seems like we're missing something this morning, eh? I missed doing the songs with the kids, eh? But anyways, uh, we're in chapter 13, we're at the end of the book of Hebrews, and um, we won't go over and do a review on what that what's Gone previously because you looked at any of our uh, previous uh, uh, videos, you can find out about that. The Book of Hebrews, uh, the Spirit of God is trying to convince these ones to to go on with Jesus Christ and not go back to Judaism, not go back to the old system that was uh, 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 being done away with. And chapter 13 it seems it's a little bit different. He um, seems to be um, giving like different admonitions and exhortations. These are all connected, but you could look at them as like different subjects. I think there's about 15 different uh, subjects that he brings out here. Or that's the way I look at it anyways. doesn't mean necessarily that's what it is. We're going to have a look this morning at from verse 9 to verse 16 and take that bit. Um, there are two different things you want to look at here. Uh, from verse 10 to 15 uh, is a section, verse 9 by itself, and verse 16 by itself. So you'll see when we get going here. But um, if we look at the previous couple verses, verse 7 and verse 8, we said one of the things we could see about verse 7 is it talks about the written word of God and how important the written word is. And and that we are to follow the faith of those that have the rule over us. That would be in the church. This is not government. It's not talking about that. It's talking about. uh, uh, the church uh, uh, leadership and so on and so forth. See, so, well, how do you know that? Well, you just go over to uh, verse 17. Uh, Submit yourselves, they watch for your souls. Who does that? That's in the church, okay? So we see that the word of God is very important there and it's linked with faith and we're to follow those that are uh, uh, set up as our leaders, as, as the, the pastors, the preachers, okay? And in verse 8, we see the... The living word of God, Jesus Christ mentioned. You have those two aspects there of the word, the written and the living word of God. Very, very important for us. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, never changing. That's a declaration of deity. If anybody ever was wondering? There it is. There's another one talking about the deity of Jesus Christ. He never changes. Everything else changes, but God does not. And we get to verse 9. we we'll just get going here. So it's another admonition, and he's telling them, he's not so much telling them, now, um, go on with Christ and don't go back to this, and to compare th- all the comparisons that were with Jesus and the Old Testament, uh, priests and uh, the covenant and so on and so forth. There's just uh, different uh, doctrines, different things he's just saying here, these are important for you, kind of like the last, uh, uh, the last bit of a letter, kind of like a... a, a wouldn't be right to say it's a postscript, I don't, I don't mean to say that, it's not, not to be disrespectful in any way, this is the word of God, but we look at how he's bringing these things out to them, some things for uh, proper living, okay, and he says, uh, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrine, now that word carried about, this uh, uh, means to be led away, to be carried along with something. And I don't know about you, but I like to have little pictures in my mind about that. Do you ever fall into the river? Have you ever fall into a fast-flowing river and live to tell about it? <laughs> well, just think about it. If you fall into a deep river or something, it's going to carry you carry away for a while. Whether you can swim or not, you're going you're to make sure a little further down. That's how my mind works. carried away. But that's the idea here. Carried away with false doctrines and stuff. There's all kinds of things out there. Now, remember, the book of Hebrews is about these ones they had seen, they had tasted, they had come right up to the door, but they had not gone in. They were uh, illuminated in their understanding, but they said, Enough of this, it's too difficult, there's too much persecution, so on and so forth, we're going to go back. And he says, That's the, Don't let those doctrines, don't let those things carry you away, okay? Be not carried away uh, or carried about with uh, diverse and strange doctrines. Diverse means various. And strange we you think of foreign or alien uh, doctrines to uh, the doctrines of Christ, the doctrines of the Bible. Uh, strange things to, that are alien to the Christian experience. He says um for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Established to confirm or to it's kind of like your foundation your heart be established with grace. Okay and he says uh, um Oh, grace, well, you know what that is. Uh, I wrote down in my Bible, will to others. And that pretty well sums it up, doesn't it? Uh, not with meats. So we see the problem here. and One of the problems was um, some of them wanted to, wanted to go back, and some were drawing them back. As we see, if you look and read through the New Testament, you'll see the Apostle Paul went about planting churches here and there and everywhere. And after he leaves, the Judaizers come in and tell them, Yeah, that's fine and dandy, but you have to keep the laws of Moses, you have to do this, you have to do this, and you have to eat this food and you not can't eat these ones and so on and so forth. And there's people today that even fall under these things, fall into these things with foods and such, or can't eat pork. I mean, whatever. Just cook it right, I guess. I but if you don't want it, don't eat it, okay? But it's not God doesn't say, well, eat this and don't eat that. In fact, he says the very opposite. Um Is it Timothy? I forget. He says that um, God has given all things, and all things are clean, all things are for us to eat, okay? And you you don't, uh, uh, in fact, he says that to to limit, or to say that, oh, we're not supposed to eat this, 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 or this, the Bible says, so it might have said so in the Old Testament. We're not in the Old Testament, are we? Okay? He says that those are the doctrines of devils, Okay? He says that uh, your heart should not be established with meats. It means foods, different foods, as such, uh, which have not profited them, which have occupied, been occupied them. Those ones that want to say, well, you've got to follow this rule. You've got to follow this rule. Did you ever look at all the different rules and laws that were there were? I think there was something like six hundred different uh, rules in, in the political system, and that all kinds of different things for them to follow. Uh, he says, that's all done. That's all gone. It's grace in Jesus Christ. Okay. He says, don't be carried about with different things. If you are studying your Bible, if you are reading your Bible, if you are memorizing your Bible, you probably won't be carried away with various doctrines and so on. Okay. If you don't know what the Bible says on the subject, you might have a bit of trouble. And Look, I don't know about you, but I've been studying this Bible for, I don't know how many, about 30 years now. And I'm still learning things. And I see things and it's like, boy, I never, last night I saw the Word. I never saw that before. Who put that in there? It's always been there. It just wasn't part of what I was going to uh, learn at that time. Or, or, or what the Lord was showing me. We all should be learning, right? Amen? Amen. Yeah. You never come to a place, okay, I've got it all wired up, here we go. We're always, always, always learning. But he says that the heart be established with grace. And grace is the thing. Because when you have uh, laws and rules and such, the Spirit of God doesn't work in that. There's liberty with the Spirit of God. There's not rules and all all that kind of thing. Some people say, well, I can just go and do what I want. I say, yeah, you go and do what you want. And what you do will show you whether you're a Christian or not, too. Okay? Yes, sir. Um, And it has not profited them that have being occupied there and now see that word them right there he's going to go on and talk about them okay those that would have these strange doctrines of you can't eat this food you got to do this and so on and so forth they were trying to draw these ones who weren't uh, sound in the faith they were trying to draw them back okay the devil is using them all right it says in verse 10 now from verse 10 to 15 we're going to use that as a section it says we have an altar have an altar, that means you have a sacrifice and right? We have a sacrifice. We have an altar, whereof they, who's they? Well, that's the them from verse 9. These ones with the strange doctrines, the ones that are trying to teach others, the Judaizers that follow the Apostle Paul around, the people that tell you that you have to behave this way, you have to do that, you have to dress this way, or whatever. Whatever, okay? Um, in particular, this was uh, uh, um, to point out those ones of uh, um, the, the Judaizers, whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. The tabernacle is still standing at this time, the temple is still, still there. But those who insist on law keeping without Christ. See? And he goes on to talk about the bodies of the beasts of those sacrifices of the Old Testament. For the bodies of those beasts, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, the bodies are burned without or outside the camp. Okay, they would take the blood of those animals, and some of them, some depending on the, the the offering, some would be uh, put on the altar and such. But the ones for the blood and the sprinkling and all that, they would be taken out and to the uh, Outside the gate into a, a pile had to do with uh, the word Gehenna. It's kind of like, this is uh, getting off on a rabbit trail, it's like the the trash pile, the garbage pile, the dump where things are burned up, where things are thrown away. But I say this with great respect, it's not the word. I don't know what the word is. Maybe a sadness, because you can check it out yourself. I'm pretty sure that it's connected with, it has to do with the Valley of Gehenna or something like that, where Gehenna is the lake of fire, is the final destination of those that won't trust in Christ, that don't trust in Christ, that don't have their sins paid for, them. for one reason or another. They're gonna be thrown out on that thing. It's just a horrible thing when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to this. And he's talking about, um, we, have, we have an altar, our altar Jesus Christ our sacrifice verse 12 wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood now we know the difference here in a sense there is a comparison right there to the Old Testament uh, um, sacrifices to Jesus Christ what does it say back in Hebrews chapter 10 about the blood of bulls and goats of those old sacrifices it's impossible for those to take away sins In the Old Testament, it covered sins, right? Amen? But Jesus Christ, and John the Baptist says, Behold, John 1.29 says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When Jesus came, your sins are taken away. He paid for them. He took them on Himself. Suffered without the gate, outside. Golgotha was outside the gate, outside the city walls. It was just a picture. That's not the right way to put it. But as the Old Testament, they took the bodies and such of the of the of animals that were for blood offerings, and they burnt them up out there. And Jesus, the same was taken outside the city and put up on the cross there, for the sacrifice. Okay, it's a lot deeper than what we're looking at right now. Okay, so he just he says, "Do this is this, and this is this." Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Now, you could take a rabbit trail of this and say there's all kinds of things where ideas that people have today that um, are the way of salvation. Like some people think, you know, did, whether it's persecution or it's doing good works or I was baptized or I go to church all the time or whatever. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes you from your sins. Okay? And that's what it is. He suffered out there on the hill of Golgotha. He did that. He did that for us. And he goes on to say in verse 13, and there's a word, therefore, let us go forth, therefore. And I read that, I put the therefore at the beginning of verse 13. We read, wherefore Jesus, also, verse 12, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Therefore, let us go forth unto him outside the camp. We are the the same, bearing his reproach. We are his, we are to live for him. Bearing means to carry, the reproach, the insult, the lowliness, the shame, the disgrace of it all. The removal from the city. Removal from the world. Walking with God, away from the things of the world, away from the world. Looking to Him, walking with Him, living for Him. Let us go therefore unto Him outside the camp. Okay? Verse 14 says, for we have no continuing uh, city. That word continuing there means um, a place to abide. We have no place. We have no city. It's like that song that we used to sing, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. That's taken right from there. That's the idea. We are pilgrims and strangers to this world. And one of the biggest problems Christians have is they get all caught up in the things of the world, and those things draw us in and draw us away, or whatever, or strange doctrines or just the lust of the things of the world, the pride of life, all those things. And we forget sometimes that we are to go outside the camp. We live out there. We carry Christ's reproach. We are different from the world. We're different from everybody else. We are God's people. He lives right inside of us. Our sins are forgiven. Heaven is our home. Our continuing city is up there. There's nothing down here. we want to be here for a while. Let us go forth therefore unto him uh, without or outside the camp bearing his reproach for we have no continuing city, no place to abide here but we seek one to come. Now he talked about this back in chapter 12 verse 22 talks about that. We have a continuing city. Um, that place to abide, he's talking about. We seek, we look for. And there's something that, it's kind of strange, isn't it? That, when was the last time you heard some, uh, a Christian talking about uh, our, 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 our city to come, about the New Jerusalem stuff? We get our minds and such, and our lives so caught up with this world. you know? And it dictates to us how we should think and everything else. This is what dictates too is how we should, th- how we should think. The spirit of God within, and, and be seeking. We seek. What are you seeking today? But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Uh, verse fifteen, by Him that's Jesus. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. This this continually is a different word than the other one up there. Uh, this one uh, this word continually here in verse fifteen. Is referencing a period of time, and not just a moment in time, but a but a constant thing that will take place. Okay, always a period of time, and always. That makes sense. By him, by Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. We should be praising God. We should be giving thanks. As he mentions that uh, this sacrifice of praise is the fruit of our lips. He says. As the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to God, praises him. You know, that's the thing that'll change our lives. We know this, that we forget about it sometimes. Things happen to us and so on and so forth. We ought to be thankful. Just be thankful. It's God's will for us, isn't it? Good. To be thankful. Um, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Thankfulness to God is a sacrifice, a thing that God is well pleased with. Okay, so He's talking about here the um, the fruit of our lips. Okay, the attitude of our heart, the words that we speak. The Bible says it comes out of our heart. If, if if we have some bad things coming out, well, there's something wrong there. You know, we. If there's just the, the things of God in our heart, we'll have, that will come out, okay? So he's talking about the, um, you know, praising God and giving thanks. So He's talking about words. And then in verse 16, he talks about it's not enough. It's like that thing, we ought to practice what we preach. I think it came from this portion of Scripture. Because we just talked about verse 15 is about uh, speaking. And now in verse 16 he says, "Now you got This is what you're going to practice. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. Now to do good, to go about doing good, it's good works. Okay. So you got the words and the works, and to communicate. That, that communicate does not mean to speak to people. That's not what it means. This means it means uh, to share things that we have with somebody that doesn't." And if you go back, if you're writing things down, Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 talks about communicating with uh, on, on what you have to, uh, particularly if there's another, uh, others that you communicate with or share your goods and such with. I remember years ago, just to make this uh, a point, I remember years ago I was in Brantford, I was going up to the uh, hospital to have a look at the people in there up there uh once a week or whatever and i was going by the um uh, mr transmission now i'm not saying this i'm not building myself up i don't want to do that but just to to show you the, this meaning the meaning of this thing to communicate and i saw a car that, i guess the lord brought to my attention and stuff there's a car up in the hoist and I, I know that car oh look at the license plate i know whose car that is it was one of my, uh, um, let me just say, it was a, a person that I knew very well. I'm not going to tell you who it is or anything like that. Um, so I went in and asked them why the guy's car was up on the hoist there, what was going on with it, and they the transmission out of it. I said, well, how much is that going to cost? And they told me how much that was going to cost. Said, oh, boy. And I thought, I don't think he has that kind of money. you know. So What do I do? Lord, what do I do? So I went up to. I think I went up. I don't know if I went up to the hospital or not. I went somewhere. I picture it now. I went and sat down somewhere, got my Bible out, and said, Lord, uh, uh, what what, what do I do? I opened my Bible and started reading where I'd left off, and it said, uh, for every man shall bear his own burden. And then this one, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. That was one of my teachers. And the word communicate means to share what you have. So I went back and helped them out with uh, a little bit that we could do just to help them. But that's what it is to communicate. It means you take what you have and you know they haven't got it and you give to them. Okay? It's not about words. He's talking now about words, is verse 15, verse 16. He's talking about your deeds and stuff. And again, that's not building me up just to make the point made here. To, to, to make this point. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You give what, what you have, to somebody else, and you can never outgive, outgive God. And we can talk about that for quite a while here. But I got thinking about this, and right there where it says, "But to do good," and He's talking about works. Okay, He's uh, um, talking about uh, um, He's talking about works, and. I just want to look at that for a little bit this morning and think about good works. And what came to my mind was a passage in Matthew. Uh, we don't need to turn there, but uh, we're going to be talking about Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, in thereabouts, where there's some, uh, he's talking about the kingdom, and some came to him, and said, Lord, Lord, and uh, have, we not, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done wondrous uh, uh, things, wondrous works in thy name? And so on and so forth. Jesus said to them, Ye that work iniquity, uh, depart, ye that work iniquity, and so, so on and so forth. The problem with those ones that came to the Lord Jesus were seeking to enter into the kingdom on their own terms. On their own terms. They did things, but their everyday lives did not reflect Christ in the heart. They were just doing things as they saw fit. It was kind of like, it was not much different than Cain coming to the Lord, coming to God and saying, here, I've I've got this, uh, I've got a bunch of carrots here. Or whatever it was, vegetables of the ground. And God said, I I didn't tell you to bring that. I told you like your brother Abel did. You heard it. I told you, you have to bring a a lamb from the flock because a, a, a life has to be shed a blood has to be shed to cover your sins. That is a mediator between you and me. And that's how you do it. Not by the things of the earth. The king got all upset. It wasn't much different with these ones that said, Well, Lord, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this. And Jesus says to them, uh, He says something to them uh, very uh, 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 point, but uh, these ones didn't know Christ in their heart. Okay it was only in their head people back then and people today do that there may be church services going on right now where people are not opening this Bible they're telling the people about how, how to get to heaven by your good works or whatever or by their denomination or some other thing it's just wrong, it's not what God has said but what they did was tremendous things, they prophesied they cast out devils, they've done many wondrous works, how many do that kind of thing how many of us have done that prophesied stood up and prophesied cast out devils sounds pretty good doesn't it i'm sorry cain you missed something jesus replied to them he says i never knew you he says i never knew you now we're talking there about the foreknowledge of god he did not foreknow them as believers in the foreknowledge of god some people take that thing and say you see god just selects that's not what it's talking about it says he knew who was, going to, who was going to get saved. He knew the hour, the moment, the minute you were going to get saved. And he knows those that won't. But the gospel must go out anyways. Okay, We don't know. God knows. And Jesus said, this is deity. This is God Almighty speaking to them. He says, I never knew you. In all of time, I never knew that you were going to get saved. Or I knew that you weren't. You were never going to come to me. You were never going to repent of your sins. Jesus said, I never knew you. But those that are saved, those that get saved, God sees that. You go back a billion years if He could, or whatever. And God, in His mind, and He sees those that are going to get saved. And He knows you. And that's something? That's God. But these ones, they missed the way of entry. They thought it was doing something and saying something as they saw fit. As they saw fit. And then Jesus says to them, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now there's that word work we want to look at. Because we leave uh, Hebrews here, going to this portion, about to do good in verse 16. It's kind of talking about our works. The previous verse talks about our words. And then he's talking about our works. Ye that work. Iniquity. These ones worked. Iniquity. That word work right there in Matthew 7. Uh, it means to produce or perform. Okay. That reminded me of another portion of scripture. Where we get into that performing and practicing and producing and such. If you were to go to. And I'll just mention. We're not going to go there just for time's sake. But in 1 John chapter 3. That's 1 John chapter 3. Verses 4, 7, 7. 8, 9, and 10. Five times it's mentioned, and people trip over this sometimes. It says that uh, in, in verse 4, he that commits sin is of the devil. So you get some people sometimes that don't understand that kind of thing that's going on there. And people get in a bad way. Oh boy, where am I? Look around, look around headed. What's going on here? And in verse 7, he says, he that uh, does righteousness. Verse 8, he that commits sin. Verse 9, he that commits sin. Verse 10, he that doeth not righteousness. All those words are the same word. And those words mean to practice. Okay. There's a big difference from doing something or committing something once or whatever than practicing. What the Lord was saying to these ones in Matthew chapter 7, that was the characteristic of their lives. They practiced iniquity. And every once in a while they did some things in Jesus' name. Come on, he says. That's not what I said. You have people today, you have priests and such casting out devils. They're not doing it uh, uh, out of something from the heart of Jesus Christ. They don't know Jesus Christ in the heart. Because you can't serve idols and do those kind of things and then say that you know Jesus Christ. It doesn't line up. It's not the way of salvation. The way of salvation is, is forsaking everything absolutely everything and yourself and your sins and trusting in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? That's what it is. Jesus says, depart from me ye that work iniquity. And in 1 John we see those that commit, those that practice. That the word I wanted to grab hold of right there. When you practice something, we have a wonderful piano player here at church. And it's a wonderful thing to listen to her play, isn't it? Amen. Yeah. Just, just sit back and listen, we just say, maybe we'll have a service sometime, when you'll just play the piano, let we'll yourself sit back, no, it's really nice, there was a time when she couldn't put a couple notes together, when was that, long time ago, but she had to practice, and practice, and practice, and got better at it, you see, they say that practice makes perfect, no, no, perfect practice makes perfect, but my point is this, You practice something, you practice something, and it goes on and on. And Jesus was basically saying to these ones, ye that work iniquity, you're practicing it, and they're getting better at it all the time. If you're in your sin today, if you've never trusted in Christ, you're just getting better at the sin because you're practicing it day after day after day. What characterizes your life? What characterizes your life? When we practice something, we generally get better at it. Do you practice sin? Or do you practice righteousness? Practice makes perfect. Here in 1 John, uh, those whose lives are characterized by the practice of sin, not righteousness. In Matthew chapter 7, they worked, they performed, they practiced these things. Their lives were characterized by Sinful living. They lived for the devil most of the time. Once in a while they did something in Jesus' name. And where'd they end up? Jesus says, I never knew you. Go away. The using of Christ's name for wondrous works was not from their hearts, as they were not believers. Their lives were characterized by the old nature and its lust and the things of the world they practiced, they worked iniquity. Sometimes somebody asks, every once in a while, how can I know if I'm saved? And we've gone over this many times. But basically two things. And I saw it the other day and I was reading something, and wrote it down somewhere, I don't remember I wrote it, but and this is the gist of it. There's two things. How can I know if I'm saved? Well, first of all, what's your attitude, your heart's attitude to Jesus Christ? What's your heart's attitude to Jesus Christ? see your Lord and Savior your master my my Lord and my God and secondly does Jesus Christ make a difference in your life does your life show Christ what characterizes you your life what's your focus what are you practicing your work your money whatever drives you Or is Jesus Christ all to you? What do you practice? Is Jesus Christ just on your mind every once in a while? Or when you come to church and tip your hat to God, as it were? And all the week it's just not, just like those ones in Matthew chapter 7? If you died today, what would your eulogy be? What would people remember you for? How you lived? What do you practice? What will Jesus say to you? If you're unsaved, you need to trust in Jesus Christ and believe in Him. Repent of your sins and turn to Christ with all of your heart. Lord, save my sin-sick soul. It's Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And if if you find yourself that you are saved, then we need to check ourselves and make sure that our practice is that of living for Christ, walking with Christ, and talking about Jesus Christ all the time not just a a casual thing, but He should be upon our hearts and minds all the time. Amen? Amen. Just a few things for us to think about this morning. Um, We get to verse 15, we have the words. We get to verse 16, we have the works. We are to do that. It's not enough to say this and that. We've got to have then the works. And walking with Him, walking for Him, living with Him, and you say, what does he expect of us? You could go back to Matthew chapter five to verse seven, to chapter seven, seven chapter seven, five to seven, and look at the Sermon on the Mount as it, as the Lord Jesus instructs the people there that were listening to him, and the things that he says. This should be the things in your in your life. These should be some of the things. I guess just go through the go through the New Testament, you'll find all kinds of things about our practice. But just for What is your practice? What's the thing that drives you? What's your focus? Just some things to think about. We have to stop. Our time's gone. Lord bless you. Thank you for uh, joining in, folks, at Christian God in time. And let's have a word of prayer for a moment. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. We can look at it, Lord. We can spend a little time or a great amount of time or whatever, Lord. We can just take a verse. We can take a word we can look into it, Lord, and it can get deep or it can be just as shallow as needed or whatever. Lord, we thank you that we have your word, that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, that everyone that hears today would turn to Christ, that everyone would know Christ. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to us. Help us, Lord, to practice (coughs) righteousness. We thank you now for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, folks. Bye now.